Hello and welcome, you're listening to the Hypotheticals Podcast Season 3, I'm Adriano. I'm Andy, and this episode is not sponsored by Bill Gates. Yet. Adriano, I have been thinking about how we can revolutionise the music industry. Um, we are revolutionaries on this podcast. We've oh, already yes. revolutionised cinema. Um, what, what else have we revolutionised? <laughs> I can't uh, remember really. We revolutionarily combined uh, restaurants with roller coasters at of one course. point. And of I think yep. we took to task the, the hotel and accommodation sector yep. as well. Game shows. Yes. Um, so yeah, and now the natural progression would would seem to be the music industry. It's uh, had its ups and downs over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, early two thousands, not a good period for it, with lots of uh, kind of uh, illegal streaming. But now it seems to be getting getting back up there. Um, They're too comfortable, so yeah. honestly. It's overdue exactly. for a shake up. What can we do to uh, to get it to the next level? That's a great question. And um, see, I'm immediately reminded that a few days ago. I discovered um, a random website. I think it was on the subreddit, Internet is Beautiful. And mm-hmm. this was... Uh, it Basically, it generates... I can't tell you the website. Sorry, listeners. Um, you'll have to look it up. I do apologize. Uh, but if you're interested, it creates... And I, I hadn't heard of this specific subgenre of music, but I think it was called Acid Techno. Okay. And this website will generate music for you from this subgenre, basically. You load it up, and it's just a bunch of, like toggles and like switches and things and you can you can you know switch you can you can slide the tempo slider if you want you can like move this and it'll do this but if you just leave everything as it is it will just start making a song for you um and when i say song it's just like a you know what i mean like a simple electronica song yeah it's it's one of those kind of genres where it's it's just about like the beat and you just kind of like go with the beat and it like layers and stuff exactly and so on the yep. one hand it's like well that's not that impressive man and on the other hand it's like okay but i'm gonna dunk on djs now um because i'm a mean <laughs> person <laughs> and you love basketball that's right and i combine <laughs> these two things um but yeah like a disc jockey back in the day right when you had to have an extensive vinyl collection presumably you had to be really good at like filing <laughs> and mm-hmm. like manipulating these big discs and you had to like manipulate a physical turntable and everything we can all agree it's like declined somewhat because there's now the common joke that like oh you mean the guy who hits space on his macbook pro mm-hmm. you know it's changed and that's because as like music has become digital a lot of stuff has gotten a lot easier like in order to make a beat back in the day you had to like tap your foot in rhythm now you can just hit a button and the machine will make a beat forever you know some stuff has been automated and like the compiling of playlists and all the rest of it spotify does that now and this website will compile beats and you know repetitions and like within a certain framework uh, the algorithm will make unique music for you that nobody has heard before so that's one possible future you know because this genre of techno is simple but like maybe one day they'll be writing whole symphonies yeah, they'll, you'll get to a situation where the music industry is not signing artists anymore, it's signing algorithms. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, we got Beat 2.0 and that's now our, you know, our, our signature algorithm and it's generated all of this uh, this music, which is now on like Radio 1 or whatever. Um, and yeah, then that might be where kind of, because at the moment a lot of streaming services, it's like, what's the real difference? You all have the same music. Um, right. But if you actually own 
an algorithm yourself and no one else has access to it, then um, that could uh, that could be a good money spinner. Because they love exclusivity, right? That used to be the yeah. deal. Like you signed with this label, we get to distribute your stuff. And I think that was the, the dream of things like Spotify was that they would have these artists and no one else would have them. But yeah, they're kind of all fishing from the same pond these days, right? More or less. Nobody picks one or the other because of the exclusives so much as just preferring the app, I think. Yeah, I, I've yet to kind of, well, unless it's like quite obscure, I can find most music on uh, on one of these. Um, so yeah, I don't really see the need for, for two. Yeah. So they lost the opportunity to screw over the consumer that way, though no doubt <laughs> yep. they tried. So this is the way that it goes. And, and what I wonder is... Um, would we then, because like, have you seen this, like, um, there's at least one artificial pop star in, uh, Japan, right? She's like an anime girl. They like do mm-hmm. projections and holograms and stuff. Yeah. And we had like gorillas. Exactly. Uh, were just cartoons over here. Yeah. Yeah. So the logic of like music being generated by a committee or like by an algorithm or whatever, and then being ascribed to this like artificial artist that already exists and maybe we enjoy that like interpersonal relationship which is always fake let's be honest like no public figure that we feel things for even knows about our existence as common mortals so mm-hmm. why not just take it to the next step and it's like yeah the algorithm doesn't care about you obviously but we've assigned it this specific like emoticon uh emoticon god how old am i um <laughs> emoji. emoji emoji is what i meant those are the fun new emoticons the kids are talking about um or you know like a more complex uh like 3d holographic avatar or whatever and you give it a name and you give it a personality and and then you own that pop star in a way that you know distribution uh, like publishers have always wanted to yeah you can you can you know in advance you can control it whereas uh with damn people they have uh you know, their own personalities and stuff, which gets in the way of creating the most profitable music. Yeah, it's it's inefficient. You need all these middlemen. You need to you need their family to like be on on side and to exploit them properly. You need like the right cocktail of drugs <laughs> to keep them, them like just on the edge of the catastrophe curve. And, you yeah. know, and then when they get the DUIs and all the rest of it, you have to either pay money to sweep it under the rug or presumably you have to pay money to like whip the press up into a lather so that then you can do the. It's a whole thing and you could do it easier if, yeah, you could just tell them when their life needed to go off the rails in Mm -hmm. like an explosive fashion and when they need to dial it back yeah although you wouldn't want your algorithm um you know going off the rails hijacking uh one of these self-driving cars going for a joyride (laughs) (laughs) ending up in a police station database that's the i love that (laughs) they'd have to incarcerate it like within the police database yeah yeah. like no cell could hold it (laughs) uh that might be the next level because every time like Every generation uh, makes their own version of punk, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Like, not not specifically the punk genre, but like... As in, like, steampunk, cyberpunk. <laughs> well, as in, like... Because the <laughs> message of punk is, like, screw you, old man, basically, right? Like, yeah, society, yeah. we hate society, girl, we're doing things differently. And every generation does that. So we get the first generation of entirely artificial artists, you know, who have controlled outbursts in the media and all the rest of it. And then after that, people won't care anymore. So you'll need to have one that like has a certain amount of autonomy. And then what they do is like genuinely raw and surprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to get those, uh, yeah, get past the cynicism of uh, people about the first wave, which is now very boring and old. Exactly.
Because mm. we've gotten used to like um, the fact that every artist above a certain threshold has like a publicist and like people, you know, an agent and all the rest of it. That's like accepted. But like if someone doesn't and like they're real and raw and from the heart, you know, like a SoundCloud rapper or whatever, then that, <laughs> that adds to their mystique. Well, to take it in the opposite of a futuristic techno direction, mm. um, I've been thinking uh, kind of we kind of touched on this a little bit in our hipster episode uh, eons ago. Um, but uh, there's been a renaissance of the record player recently. Obviously, um, people want to return to like a more analog world, make it more of an experience rather than just p- pressing play on your computer or whatever. Um, so the logical next step from that uh, is to start producing what we had before records, which are wax phonograph cylinders. I don't know if you know about these. I don't. Tell me more. So they're these are like the earliest form of recorded music that we have. Um, from like, I think it was between kind of 1890 and 1915 is when they were first kind of introduced. Wow. Um, they they are literally kind of a cylinder, maybe uh, 10 inches long, made of like, I think completely of wax in some cases. Uh, they can only hold about one or two songs on each cylinder. Um, and they're very vulnerable to things like melting uh, mm. <laughs> in hot countries or to, um, to going mouldy in, in humid conditions, which is obviously not great. But it is the the original form of recorded music that we have. Um, and uh, yeah, if you want the old school, usually quite crackly. I mean, the, the audio is not that different from like early records. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, if you want that extra step. So you could, like, hey, you've got a record player. It's not, I, you don't get as good bass as on my phonograph over here. That's, that's what you go to. I like that because actually, yeah, on the, I'm going to, I'm going to compare and contrast with the AI thing here because mm-hmm. the other, the magic of the uh, the website I was talking about is that like nobody has heard this track before because it's being procedurally generated for you right now, right? Like in mm-hmm. video games that generate a map for you that, you know, nobody else has explored. Um, so what we have now is music that is too easy to reproduce and spread and everyone hears exactly the same song, more or less, depending on your headphones and stuff, I guess. Right, mm-hmm. but it's it's too it's it's too good now. We need to <laughs> add those limiters. Like, um, have you heard of uh, non fungible tokens NFTs? Oh, uh, I think so. Uh, what remind me what these are? <laughs> I understand them to approximately the same degree that I understand understand what a Bitcoin is. So, like, not great. So they are a bit like Bitcoin, aren't they? Except each one's unique, is that right? Yeah, I would say that they basically fall within the same umbrella of, like, absolute BS. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that at this generation of history has come up with that would just absolutely flummox our, like, great-grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's making money, so why wouldn't you? Yeah, so basically a non-fungible token, and my crude understanding is that fungible commodities are interchangeable stuff. So like a bar of gold is the same as any other bar of gold, right? But mm-hmm. like a plane ticket isn't fungible because it has like a specific date and destination. It corresponds to like a specific plane seat. You can't just swap them. Right. And normally, like, say it's your job, as it is for many people um, online these days, to produce, like, JPEGs, essentially. Like, uh, since artwork has gone digital, like, back in the day, there's one Mona Lisa, right? Yeah. And it is therefore worth a lot more than even the most high-definition, like, scan and reprint of the Mona Lisa that you might buy on a poster or whatever. It's Mm -hmm. the original. There's only one. The guy painted this one sort of thing. So in a world of digital art... 
how the heck do you reclaim that lost value? Because, you know, I, I can just get this printed on a million t-shirts and they'll be identical. No, 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 says the inventor of non-fungible tokens. They've <laughs> figured out a way. And just imagine like a sequence of keywords like blockchain and mm -hmm. Bitcoin and secure <laughs> server and, you know, whatever. Just imagine that those convey some kind of meaning, because at this point, <laughs> my understanding totally runs out. <laughs> but they so yeah, so so basically, they they found a way that you, they've made one online. Thank you. And you are the owner of this one, and no one else can recreate it. Precisely. Like, and I assume the first thing they did was make like the rarest of Pepe's. I I don't know, because wasn't that a whole thing for a while? Yeah, I, I swear I saw like a like a version of Nyan Cat or something which had gone for, I don't know, $700,000. And I was like, what? There we go. This is a pixel art which a child could make. What is happening? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. why is this worth so much money? Because it's you own that specific one and it's just rarity value, I guess. Yeah, because you can then determine how many of them there are in existence and then you can prove that you have that one. So precious. Yeah. So anyway, the point was, if the algorithm is capable of generating, you know, an almost infinite amount of new music, when you uh, load up that playlist on Spotify or whatever, you might not be playing existing songs arranged in a list. You might just be playing songs of this genre that nobody's ever heard, right? And if you're like, oh yeah, I liked that, favourite it, you're the only person who has that track. Or, you know, right. they can charge a premium then, right? And you can, like, save that track. Otherwise, the music is transient and ephemeral and it will you so, listen to it once and so it disappears. We're, we're returning to radio sort of yeah actually i hadn't thought of that but why not wax cylinders that easily go moldy radio like music that is hard to capture actually mm -hmm. yeah i mean one of the one of the podcasts that i listen to is one called hello internet um and they they actually first of all they made a podcast episode on a record to make it it's that exclusivity. Wow. So there's records up. They only had a limited run. So there are records out there, which are presumably worth quite a lot now, um, with their podcast episode that they recorded. And then to go a step further, they recorded a five-minute podcast episode on a wax cylinder, which presumably basically wow. no one can play because no one owns a phonograph. Um, yeah. But they made those as well. How large is a, is a phonograph? How Oh, the actual machine. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure. It's probably... Uh, like compared to a gramophone like, is it like similar uh, comparable slightly larger i think but they're just less common because no one uses them anymore okay but it's not like you need enough space for a grand piano in your house because that's no, the size no. of okay okay mm -hmm. but yeah we should do uh, that andy that... <laughs> that's how we should. finally gonna... monetize the hypotheticals podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah each of our listeners if you just paid 200 dollars <laughs> will have 200 dollars <laughs> at the end of this um <laughs> Anyway, so this this phonograph, I've been thinking about it. It's still too techy for me. What I want instead is for electricity to not be involved at all. Mm. Um, so instead, you can get these hand-cranked organs. They're quite small, uh, kind of... Oh, um, for the monkey know, like... to dance to. <laughs> yeah. that, that's what we're talking about, right? Like a music box. Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah, so they're kind of, um, I don't know, like printer-sized, I guess. And you, you crank the handle and, and the music, it's either a barrel and it, and it kind of uh, turns or it's like a long sheet of paper with holes punched in. Mm -hmm. um, so you, you as the record company, the music company, can sell these sheets of music and then it's up to the person who has the organ to hand crank it through. Um, and, you know, you can personalise the music because you can uh, make it very fast, you can make it very slow. 
Um, each mm. sheet is presumably slightly different, um, and it just gives that very you know like tactile feel. It's organic uh, to the music. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, and yeah, presumably the paper you could make it so it breaks quite easily, so they have to buy it again. Yeah, which is you know as we know from the light bulb industry um, and <laughs> razor blades, just like really sound uh, business sense. And it yep. would once again glorify the uh, disc jockey, right? Because like cranking out those tunes to like mm. to, to to club volume, I am assuming you'd need a really big organ to grind. <laughs> yeah, and, and also you could like that would be another thing they could do. They could stitch together different sheets of music. Yeah. Um. So like you know they're physically cutting in different music. And so even if they're not like doing it live, or maybe they are doing it live, they're like, ah, oh, I fancy doing it like this. They cut it off. Whole different skill set, right? They are like hot and, swapping like, them. Yeah, you, you get a load of DJs who used to be um like uh tailors or seamstresses. Yeah. Because <laughs> they they're the only ones who can like stitch it together quickly enough. That would return so much artistry to it. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it would be combination uh, DJ booth and like stage show because like maybe you'd need a stage with like several of these giant organ machines and they can like, you know, flip between them, crank these handles and then there's like a high speed, you know, like transition like, oh, they're getting to the edge of the song and oh, no, he's fading that other one in on that. You know, he's got like one hand cranking this thing over here. The other hand is is frantically changing sheets of paper. It would be incredible. (laughs) Or like you've got to like plan like, 20 bars ahead so that you have enough time to stitch it on yeah so like it it requires this incredible mental agility to actually figure out where you are in the song what's coming up yeah which which handles to crank that'd be great physical dexterity and just like just raw muscular strength because like the sheer size of the machines i'm (laughs) envisioning one giant bicep like that arm wrestling (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) oh that's a cool but wait there's another step (gasps) that we could take this is still too much technology for me. I don't like it. Okay. Um, let's get rid of the machinery altogether. Instead of having a dirt and modern, dirty modern device in your home, mm-hmm. just introduce house bands who literally live in your house. Oh, um, yes. So the music industry just sends sheets of, you know, sheet music to your house, mm-hmm. which you place in front of the band, and then they play it with varying degrees of success, like, depending on whether they've actually played it before. A whole new definition for house music. Yeah, exactly. I am so on board. In fact, I had exactly the same thought. Basically, like, music has gone from, like, tribal, like, this is a thing we do, like, not to be good, but to, like, produce music together. We're all going to dance around Mm -hmm. the campfire and, you know, bang the drums and so on. To, Mm -hmm. like, okay, no, musician's going to be a profession now. We're going to have, like, traveling minstrels and stuff hired by the great lords of the land and whatnot. To Mm -hmm. eventually, like the music experience is like either just so diffuse and commercialized that you can just have infinite songs on your phone whenever you like, or you you go to a stadium packed with 10,000 other people listening to the same thing, right? And it's just lost all intimacy and uh, and we can recapture that. Yeah, right in your in your own house with, uh, you yeah. know, your own string quartet or, or, you know, local garage band made up of um, surly teenagers or whatever. Yeah, and it's great because the music gets better the more it gets played. Uh, which you know your your iPod doesn't do that, does it? Um, although the disadvantage is that it might start off pretty rubbish. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, like people can already be quite snobby about the brand and price of record players mm-hmm. um, and that sort of thing Headphones, in terms of like, no oh, I need to get better audio f- fidelity and and stuff like that. Um, so this would give you a great opportunity for snobbery because 
um, if you don't pay enough for your house band, you can really tell. Like, right, like your the bassist between the... is not up to scratch. Yeah, like if you pay top dollar, it's like amazing sound quality. You're like, you know, oh, Steve, do you want to come over mine? I've got uh, just got the new house band in. <laughs> uh, yeah, pay... oh, it cost... sent me back about 10 grand uh, just to, you know, just for the um, original signing bonus. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, oh, you should hear the, the tunes that this guy cranks out. Um, and then you're, you know, you're there with your, uh, you know, just out of, of high school, um, you know, college, college graduates. Yeah. It's just like you and a couple of buddies jamming and people are like, no, you just, you gotta, this isn't like, you called me over for the, I don't, mm. I, yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And we're running out of things to show off like that. Like, um, home cinemas and stuff, like we're all set to be huge i think but now it's like tvs are getting bigger but also vr is gonna be a thing so like are we even gonna care about having a home cinema right when everyone just has a pair of goggles mm-hmm. is it gonna be maybe maybe vr things are gonna be the ones we I don't, I don't know but why not introduce just an extra luxury good to really um you know just cream off people's disposable income of which yeah, there is yeah. so much we gotta squeeze out of them somehow we do and uh, in fact I think um, we could really amp things to the next level by reintroducing the idea of patronage uh, by the wealthy and powerful. Ah, okay. Right? Yeah, So that's good. You used to have your feudal lords or whatever, your, your great lords and ladies would, like, pay uh, a stipend to, you know, minstrels of particular skill, and then they would have to wear their colours, they'd be, like, on retainer to, like, come by and play for their balls and soirees. But... Write songs about them. Exactly. And then when they mm. played elsewhere, is like, no, and they're like, oh, listen to how good this guy is, yeah, he works for me, sort of thing. Right. So, I want Bezos, Musk, you know, Gates, all of them, to just have, like, hundreds of musicians on retainer and we can do away with this whole notion of um like the idea that billionaires don't own us you know <laughs> yeah. like this fantasy that we exist in forget about it i and I, we can just really bring it to the fore and some things might actually be improved right because like the corporations are trying to pretend that they're not there in that they will exploit your teenage heartthrobs or whatever, but like you don't know the name of Justin Bieber's agent, or no. you know you know about Justin Bieber, and they pretend that you're having a relationship with Justin Bieber by being his super fan, but actually you're just like engaging in this tentacular corporate machine with him as a figurehead. Gosh, I, I better reconsider my fascination with Justin Bieber I, at this point. I'm sorry to all believers <laughs> out there. Uh, that's that's my truth as I see it. I could be wrong. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, I feel like if Elon Musk owns pop stars, he's going to tweet about it. You're going to know. You know, when Donald Trump uh, has musicians, like, singing his songs, you're going to know about it. And so we can just just peel back that veil and stop lying to ourselves and demand that... Because we already go to musicians, uh, uh, actors, sports people, influencers of any kind, celebrities from entertainment. We go to them for their political opinions. Yeah. Which I've always found interesting. Page three Mm. girls. um, To anyone not from the UK, page three of the sun. Actually, I don't even know about these days. Is page three still a thing? I think it might have gone, which is which is a relief. That's a step forward. Good stuff. Well, anyway, at least when I was growing up, that was where they put the topless model. 
And uh, they would have a little box where she would, like, tell you her views on the news for the week as well. <laughs> Which, like, I'm sure, you know, she's lovely and entitled to her own opinion and so on. But, like, this is ostensibly a newspaper. And I say ostensibly because we're talking about The Sun, which is an absolute rag. But uh, the idea... <laughs> uh, allegedly. 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 Sorry. <laughs> But, like, in theory, they're hiring experienced journalists to, like, have worthwhile takes on what's going on. And then they hire someone for a totally unrelated reason, see Topless Model, and then ask her about the news as well. And I always feel like there's a bit of a disconnect when they ask, you know, like a singer or whatever, or an actor, like, so what's your take on this? And it's like, are they... They have a platform, sure, but, like, are they informed? Should we be listening to this person? Is there any value? And the answer is no, uh, yeah. but we do anyway. So why not just admit it, and then we can have all these musicians singing the praises of Bill Gates? Uh, and, you know, <laughs> and all taking political stances of various kinds and then dueling it out in battles of the bands. And I think it would make election campaigns and stuff a lot more interesting. Yeah, you'd have these actual kind of rap battles. This sort of a war between artists. It would get very intense. Probably, yeah. That's the new stage of warfare, which we haven't considered. It's not robotics as the as the next frontier. It's uh, it, it's music. Wouldn't that be great, though? You know? Like, that's the real, raw, powerful stuff, and also just a lot less bloody. Yeah. Well, that might drive you insane a bit. Like, just constant blaring music. Have you listened to chart music recently? <laughs> Like, there's a, an argument to be made that there's some insanity already being perpetuated. Uh, well, speaking of kind of patronage then, this this idea is a bit off the wall. Um, mm -hmm. So I was thinking we could change the, the music industry or at least uh, add an aspect to it, which is more like the Olympics. So first of all, only amateurs can take part. Ooh. So musicians can't be paid professionally for their music, and so they must instead raise money, either through patronage, like you suggested, or through government grants, mm -hmm. or through corporate sponsorships, kind of what you also were saying. Um, so like, the Sex Pistols, kindly supported by Dulux Paint. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and various, various things like that. Um, and yeah, in addition, there's a musical Olympics every four years, which musicians train for. Yeah. Um, there's different categories based on genre. So there's um, things you can compete for medals on, things which could be stuff like fastest song, uh, which has to be kind of in the correct tempo, mm -hmm. uh, the highest key song, the loudest song, the best live performance, mm -hmm. or it could even be more of a combination with the Olympic events as they stand. Ooh. So... It could be like uh, you're doing a marathon, but you're carrying your cello with you. Um, <laughs> or it's a relay race, but the instruments are passed between runners who must continue to play uh, throughout the race. That's I can picture people running uh, their necks all you know, hunched over so they can keep playing a violin <laughs> and then passing off the bow as a baton to the next person. Yeah, or like a flute where it's, you know, that looks very much like a baton anyway. Oh, and they're running along like desperately panting, out of breath, yeah. so trying to play a woodwind instrument or, you know, a, I don't know if it's woodwind because it's metal. Anyway, a flute. And they're like, yeah, passing that on <laughs> and they've got to carry on. That would be so good. Yeah, and you'd have like endurance type ones. Like you could have like musical triathlons and things. Mm -hmm. I was thinking you could do shot put xylophone. 
So it's like you've got it's it's team based this one. Yeah. You've got a load of abandoned musicians who must work together to play a song by hurling balls of metal at a giant xylophone like fifteen meters away. That would be incredible. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I remember a um it was like a, a someone's got talent like game show type dealio, and I think the guy was it a giant? I think it was a giant xylophone, unless it was done electronically somehow with like a projection. But anyway, he was tossing like bouncy balls at the ground and then catching them, like right. in rapid succession, like bing, 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 and like hitting notes on this like xylophone on the ground and playing a tune thus. Amazing. Yeah. So just uh, yeah. yeah, expand that. Ima- amazing. <laughs> like, uh, what else could you do? Could you could you well, turn a discus into an instrument of some kind? And then if you Ooh. throw enough of them at once, it would make a chord. You could, yeah, because obviously you could have it so like maybe as air whistles through some holes in the discus, right? It makes a different note, so you've got different size discuses. Yeah, uh, and you're yeah. There's, again, it has to be a whole team, mm-hmm. but throwing them out, um, and yeah, trying to make a song out of it. The other one is like boxing um, or fencing. So like mm-hmm. each competitor has a different note which plays for a different body part. Oh, so they're in like a special um, suit. Yeah, so like you got to hit them like to make the best tune is part of it. So you've got to like yes. hit them in the head and then the chest, and then it's about blocking as well. And like so to throw off their, their tempo. Song. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's less about like I don't want to get concussed, and more about like I'm going to ruin your crescendo. <laughs> yeah, and you got to play your opponent yeah. like a tin drum. That's that's incredible. <laughs> that's I so, I like that very much. Yeah, we've heard of chess boxing. This is this is the next one that's gonna gonna hit it big. So good. That's so good. <laughs> um, I was thinking, like, I don't know why I thought this one. Swimming, but you're required to sing throughout. So you just yep. get these, like, snatches of songs that go in <laughs> and out of the water. But again, like, you can make it a team, right? Because, like, a barbershop quartet have got very careful timing and all the rest of it for where they come in and which parts of the melody they do. So you could mm. combine synchronized swimming with yeah. song. I do like the idea of kind of a, a male voice choir doing um doing that while doing synchronized swimming at the same time and how much more would that please almighty god honestly <laughs> i feel like religious music could really like all music but also particularly like that would be the new apogee of human achievement forget okay like i will grant you that castrating people so that they retain those high notes is high effort to go to and no doubt he on high is most pleased but <laughs> this is an alternative avenue <laughs> Yeah, I just thought like as well when you um, you know they play the national anthems when they come in uh, at the Olympic opening ceremony mm. and stuff. It'd be great if the the musician slash athletes were playing that themselves. Yes. Um, yeah. You're not allowed to play professional football or whatever unless you are also part of the marching <laughs> band that plays the anthem as you come on, and we can and, finally... and you're the cheerleading squad also uh, during halftime. And mm. we can finally do away with the rivalry between uh, football jocks and band kids. Yeah, they're, the, they're one and the one same. The, everyone's included. You'll get a scholarship to, to you know, to college uh, in America um, based on either your <laughs> athletic or now your musical prowess because you, you, that's needed for, for the sport. Or you have to be both. It's not competitive enough. These young people aren't dealing with enough pressure and I vote <laughs> we just keep adding hoops they've got to jump through. <laughs> oh... Uh, my my final one just for the Olympics was um, 
all sailing events are now crewed by people singing sea shanties. Yes, I wanted to work sea shanties in here somehow. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so that like as they hoist the mainsail and, you know, tack off and stuff, they're all singing together and it'd be just so atmospheric. It would be, yeah, way cooler, I think. Because it's part of the... You hear stories from the old Olympics, like the old stuff. Like, I remember a guy... I don't know any details about this, so good luck to anybody trying to look this up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Google will probably help you. Uh, it's like he lost his shoes or something. Um, and so he found a couple of mismatched shoes, like, in a dumpster... And then proceeded mm. to win a gold medal or something <laughs> for in some sort of oh, running event, you know? Gosh, yeah, I think I do remember Because this, this yeah. is like back in 1918 or something when just nothing mattered. <laughs> no. Sport hadn't reached the same level. Like back when, didn't we already talk in a prior episode about like some kind of race? No, it was a marathon, a terribly mismanaged like yeah, Boston I think Marathon. It was- 1904 where just like Love it. everything went wrong they were like what just... happens if we dehydrate everybody on purpose <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then like all, yeah they all inhaled dust and were chased by wild dogs oh, it was so good <laughs> yeah it was just so much more unpredictable these days it's more like okay what uh human rights atrocities are going to be perpetrated in the construction of the stadium and yes. you know mm. and that adds a little bit of interest and unpredictability i'll grant you um, but it's not quite the same. The sports have become too clinical, <laughs> too... I, it's awful, frankly. It's awful and shouldn't be encouraged. Uh, yeah. But I like the idea that it was just... It was more wacky racist style, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you weren't so pushed to the edge of human endurance from such a young age. Like, if a dude could just be like, I run pretty fast, I'll give it a go. Ah, shoot. Yeah. Forgot my shoes. Ah, I'll try <laughs> it with these. And then win gold. Then, like, how bad can it be, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I just wrapped my feet in duct tape and I won. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, jumps again. It's just like, fun way to spend a Saturday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I might come back next year. I don't know. I'll see. I do like the idea that, um, like in sports, obviously, when you hit about 35, 40, mm-hmm. you're pretty much out of it for most sports. And so the natural progression is to become a sports commentator mm-hmm. and to appear on, like, you know, just match of the day or whatever and uh, give your, your opinion about what the sports people of today are doing about things. Um, but... That would also apply for musicians. So you're 35, you're over the hill, time to retire, you can't compete anymore. Yep. And so you're just like becoming a musical commentator, like, ooh, that was a bad note. <laughs> ooh, they really messed up that one. Yeah, there'd be scope for it suddenly because like uh, like music review blogger and stuff, like these are, you know, things that have become more popular as careers maybe. Um, and there's a lot more like independent musicians now, obviously, because internet. But yeah, the music commentator, that's an untapped... Uh, market really and i was also thinking about the super bowl so um obviously in the super bowl there's always a musical performance Mm -hmm. in the big halftime show by famous artists Mm -hmm. um but i'm thinking uh, if we want to change it up a bit let's apply that template to every any and every public event possible so for example you're halfway through watching dunkirk at the cinema there's an intermission and Madonna rocks up to belt out like a virgin for a few minutes. And then there's a quick break for everyone to go to the loo. And then you carry on watching Dunkirk. I'm um, bored. You're halfway through the inauguration of our next monarch. Um, mm-hmm. There'll be an intermission just before they put the crown on. And Cliff Richard turns up. And he, he does summer holiday. And then he buggers off again. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Why the heck not? I mean, you, these musicians, they need things to do. <laughs> yeah. And we need entertainment. Let's just, like... 
there's a certain, I did a certain amount of like ordering catering and stuff for um, like corporate events. And you come to realize that there's like, there's some templates. It's like, okay, how long is the meeting? Okay, you, you've got to cater it. Or like, nah, that one's too short. I just get like some bottled water and like maybe some boiled sweets or whatever for the table, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like what time mm-hmm. of day is it? Ah, that's a breakfast one. Okay, you're going to need a breakfast buffet sort of thing. So there's like some expectations. You need like an air-conditioned room. You need this amount of catering, etc. What we need is now the, the next level expectation, which is like, okay, how long is the meeting? Oh, three hours? You're going to need two musical intermissions, <laughs> at least five minutes each. <laughs> Ideally yeah. separate, different artists, you know, just for variety. And what I'd like is also for concerts, like musical concerts, to have musical intermissions as well. Yes! It's like, oh, this is a, this is a long three-hour concert. <laughs> Jeez, this is going to carry on a while. So you're like halfway through a heavy metal concert, and then there's a quick intermission. Katy Perry turns up <laughs> to perform California Girls, and then you carry on. Yeah, you got like the warm-up packs, you got the openers, and then you got the main guys, but then like before it can sour, before you can get bored of them, just a bit of a palate cleanser, and then we'll get right back <laughs> to the hard rock in a minute. Or to just really take away the momentum, <laughs> just hard cut to a completely different um, kind of, yeah, quite cheesy mainstream genre. But then you're that much happier when, when the band that you came to see, paid extortionate amounts to see, bought the t-shirt for, yes. when they finally come back, you're super thrilled. You get that moment twice. You're like, oh, they're finally on. And they're like, they're back again. Oh, thank God. Every time. Yeah. That's what you're paying for, really, is that moment. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. And and it would it would open up the idea of a lot more house musicians, but then like the office fiddler, you know, in, in like a smaller office, you know, a, a larger corporate would be able to afford like several office bands on a rotation. But like a smaller place maybe just has like, yeah, a guy with a violin Mm, maybe kind of receptionists double up now as as musicians yes they'd be a yeah yeah yeah. kind of like depending on how well the economy is doing they'd either be separate roles and you have both or like you know like with the decline of the aristocracy like downton abbey style it started to be like you know what's this like uh i'm looking for a new position and they want me to do the duties of a valet and a footman what is this ridiculous <laughs> right and it's like well times yeah. are hard i you know i can't i can't feel the staff of 36 the way i used to so mm-hmm. had to condense <laughs> yeah you could have um uh, if you were you know really doing well instead of hold music you've just got your house band yeah so uh sorry i'm just gonna have to put you on hold for a minute and you just hold up the phone to <laughs> you, just, you just slot it into the dock next to the yeah. <laughs> like bassists yeah <laughs> very good okay well look uh we talked about we talked about kind of changing the economy we've talked about making uh playing music more difficult because now it has to be combined with sport or whatever Another way that music has changed is the instruments. So they've gotten, obviously, the electric guitar is a far cry from the original guitar. Stuff like um, mandolins and whatnot have, like, largely fallen out of favour, except in certain specific genres and, like, sort of historical recreation stuff. And now we have this whole new brand of electronic, like, instrument, quote-unquote. Like, you get self-contained stuff, like, you know what a theremin is? Yes, where you hold your hands near it and it goes, woo! <laughs> yes, super weird. <laughs> like a musical saw, but even weirder, and it just interprets your hand positions. Very strange. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know what a synthesizer is, but I remember when I was taught music in high school, it was like classified as an instrument. But I'm pretty sure these days it's just like a subsection of what like music production software will do for you. It's all getting yeah. kind of, you know, the same way that like, 
probably there's a name for each different type of brush that an artist would use, probably like a fan brush and then, you know, round-ended and, you know, fine tip, etc. I'm sure they all have names and the special materials they're made of and everything, but like Photoshop includes all those brushes and more and like there's kind of no point naming them anymore because it's just like arrangements of pixels. That's right. Mm -hmm. kind of how music has gone in a bunch of more electronic genres, right? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And to that I say nay, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just remove all of that, because it's just getting far too mushy and hard to understand. And frankly, I can't tell who's a good musician anymore with these new genres, because if... (laughs) You sound so old. (laughs) I I know, I know, and I'm embracing it. I'm embracing it to the extent that what I really want to listen to is like, not even a chap with a banjo, but like a guy playing the balloon banjo. You know, and a girl smacking a box with a stick. Like I want all music. What's a balloon banjo? A balloon banjo is. I don't even know how. I don't know whether this exists outside of the realm of a specific YouTube video I saw untold eons <laughs> ago. Um, mm-hmm. And it's literally one guy sat on a wooden box, which he is slapping like a drum, and the other guy yep. playing the quote-unquote balloon banjo, and it's a balloon. Um, that he's like mostly deflated and has like stretched the neck out and twisted it between his fingers and he is plucking it um, uh-huh. and it's you know making a note and but he's like twisting his fingers to change the length of the balloon as he twangs it and that is making different notes and you know he's using the balloon itself the inflated bit as like a resonant chamber and it is mm-hmm. eerily good the music they're able to produce that's so weird. Yeah, super weird. And I'd like more of it. <laughs> I want all music played on found instruments only. Right. Okay. Not <laughs> not even ones that you've made. Just just things that you find. Provided they're not made out of existing instruments, you know? Like, if you've spray-painted your electric guitar, that doesn't count. Obvi. Okay. You know? But, like, there's a spectrum. Yeah, you want, like, pebbles clank, like, clonging together. Yeah, like like conkers that you've tied together counts as a, a mm-hmm. made found instrument. That's fine, but um, nothing nothing that previously was like you know what I mean. You'd have to find ways to regulate it. I'm sure this is yeah. This sounds like the folkiest folk. It's like um, the idea of fruitarians, which I don't think really exists, but it's kind of a joke that it's like oh, we we only eat things which have fallen from the tree naturally. Oh, I thought they did um, exist. I could I could well be wrong. I well. I've always assumed it was kind of a joke because who would do that? And also they'd be so mal- malnourished. But anyway, um, <laughs> but this feels like the fruitarian of, of music. Yes, like we mustn't harm anything in order to create instruments. We're gonna, to be honest, it could tie in really well with, um, have you heard of the garbage picking samurai? Yes, everyone's heard of the uh, garbage picking samurai, but please, for the listeners, elaborate. I don't want to assume. <laughs> okay, so there is um, a troupe of uh, street performers slash street cleaners in Japan. Uh, apparently, they're all like trained actors, and they dress as samurai, and they do all that swooshy swooshy like maneuvering of katanas. Except they're not katanas; they're like uh, clacky clacky grabby <laughs> tongs, and they're picking uh-huh. up like cans and stuff off the street. And putting them in so like good. bins that they carry on their backs. Yeah, it, it's amazing to watch. And they're cleaning the streets. And they're like glamorizing, cleaning up the streets, which is great. So super cool. And in a world where there's so much trash. And there's all these people like... There's whole sh- like brands of shoe or whatever that you can get. That's like made of ocean garbage and so on, right? Mm-hmm. Why not? Let's get instruments made out of that. And only allow those. And that will really incentivize 
uh, the cleanup operations that are so crucial. I'm not sure we can get the music industry on board with this, to be honest. I think we have to demand it as consumers to all <laughs> together. <regulation>. Yeah, we, well, we, we start with boycotting and then, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to boycott all music that is made with actual instruments. I've not got a lot to listen to at the moment, but I'm going to get there. <laughs> it's pretty much just acapella is all you're left Just with. listen to us, dear listeners, over and over, and together <laughs> we can make a change. Yeah, we're like music to your ears. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just a thought. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking, uh, to go on a tangent, we could actually change musical notation itself. Ooh. I think it's too complicated, and it's creating barriers to new musicians because it's difficult to learn. You have to learn um, it, yeah. Boof. All these like letters and the the symbols, like the the you know um, quavers and semiquavers and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got sharps, you've got flats, different tempos. It's it's too much. So instead, we've got some options. We reduce the number of notes. We don't really need all of those. We could just stick with A, B, and C. Yeah, good enough for us. Or make it metric. Like, it's just some kind of old-fashioned, imperial kind of, like, I don't understand. I just, what Notes 1 through 10, and then maybe yeah. subdivide those into 10. Well, you can have 1.5. Yeah. 2.5. As long as it's you know, for, nice for the and sharps linear. and flats. Exactly. Yeah. Or you just use a tab for everything. So, like, guitar tab. It, like, shows you where to put your fingers on the guitar strings to make the different notes. Yeah. But you just have tab for like a bassoon or a harp where it's just like these <laughs> incredibly complex diagrams like you put your fingers here but for every single note. those might exist as like i have no i've never tried to learn the harp like i can imagine tab for the harp. it would just like take up a lot more space on the page because the there's harp, so many more yeah, strings the harp makes sense probably not the bassoon or like uh, definitely not a trumpet because that's all about like you've only got three buttons and then the, the rest of it you're trying to do with your um your your mouth you've got to change the pitch with your mouth i think the didgeridoo might be the ultimate like untabbable <laughs> instrument <laughs> but the kazoo. i don't think anyone's writing music for the didgeridoo are they well that's a good point i've no idea how you represent the didgeridoo in traditional notation as well but i, I take your point no more traditional I think you notation. just write down ori 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 on the page we're very ignorant i don't want to assume i think there's a lot of skill to playing a didgeridoo well oh, and... there's a lot of skill but i don't think it's I think it's kind of free-flowing. I don't think you could, like, say, this is the didgeridoo song I am going to play. Ah, you could be right. You could be right. Or, okay, to go the other way, right, we want to find some more notes for for songs, right? The secret forbidden notes. We're only using A through G. That's the rest of the alphabet left to discover. Just like we're only using 10% of our brains. It's criminal. (laughs) Exactly. And maybe if we can unlock those notes, it might help unlock the the 90% of our brains which we are definitely definitely not using yeah or we might have to unlock our brains so we can find those extra notes but there's definitely a synergy there oh yeah Mm -hmm. so uh yeah we just uh need to rethink uh, you know how restrictive our uh, definition of music is that's true because also um i know so little about music and as someone listening to this is just going to be hating it with every fiber of their being i'm sure um (laughs) and so this is dedicated to you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this episode but uh yeah there's there's like the allowed notes and then there's all these notes that are wrong right like it's mm. possible to be off key and i'm sorry where do you get off telling me that i'm off key you just decided that a certain key was correct and now the notes i'm producing which are perfectly fine are like not right that seems very you know like in the world of art we have determined that an unmade bed is a powerful statement. You can't now tell me you got to stick to these notes 
and this tempo and this notion of what sounds harmonic, uh, what if I am trying to evoke an emotional response uh, through my carefully arranged discords? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, you've, yeah, you've got A and then, you know, A sharp, and it, you, you have these A, B, and then you've got the ones in between, which are flat and sharps. But what about, surely there's ones in between the flat and the original notes, yeah. like... Why? Why are they off the table? I assume that presumably because they invisible. don't sound very nice. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, why? I presumably it's like if you get used to it, maybe it would sound okay. This genre probably already exists, or there's probably already a term for like uh, experimental, like non-music. Um, mm. But I say we we blow it up. It's clearly not popular enough. It's not even a category on Spotify. We should stop teaching kids traditional notation and see what they come up with because they are the future. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, you know, how much of music is dictated to us by society? What would happen if we just, yeah, just let a load of uh, kind of blank slate kids in a room with a load of instruments? I'm imagining it would definitely be the next uh, the next Mozart. I mean, he was a kid when he started, right? Exactly. So by our own admission, children are <laughs> capable of amazing things. Yeah. Yeah, they could invent a piano from scratch, but with different notes. So there's there's that. an industry to be created here where only children are allowed to produce music. Yes, and there's no room for exploitation in that, so we've nailed it. Yeah. You, <laughs> if you wanted to do it ethically, which I guess you could, um, you'd have to be very careful about it. But the thing is, producing music is a joyful thing, you know, done for the right reasons. And uh, kids do it in school. And nobody's recording and monetizing that. So that's just a revenue stream going straight out the window. You could uh, you could just record. Oh, God, I don't like this segment anymore. <laughs> I, mean, I was about to suggest that like kids were already making the most beautiful music. You could just record kids laughing at play and listen to that. Oh, and now no. I'm like, don't do that. Don't take any recording equipment anywhere near yeah. children playing. One, one safeguard issue. Two, that'd be so creepy. Yeah. Just like I, there are some songs which have like kids laughing in it, and they're always creepy. It's always really weird. That's very true. Children are terrifying. Um, so yeah, no, I rescind that. <laughs> Don't do this at home. Uh, hypotheticals is in no way liable for or affiliated with any attempts to record children in any capacity. In fact, please delete all recordings that you have at home of anything, and also destroy all of your electronic devices so that you can never listen to yeah, again. Whatever you're listening in, just put it on the ground, stomp on it, and then you're safe. <laughs> <laughs> but do like and subscribe, and uh, see you next episode. <laughs> like and subscribe just before you do that. Yeah, if you'd yep. be so good. Um, okay, no, let's get off that tangent. That's awful. Um, <laughs> what about... Um, I've, I've changed my mind, Danny. I was, I was all for low-tech, like, new found instruments, rocks and sticks. No, that's nonsense. I see now the error of my ways. In fact, we need greater sophistication. Um, mm -hmm. Everybody's got, you know, high-fidelity headphones these days. Everything's like Bluetooth and whatever. It's only a matter of time before we have implants. Um... But in the meantime, why are we limiting the experience of music to our ears? Um, right. Because true music, right? The real experience, the soulful, like, real... Ah, I didn't even have the words for it. And that shows <laughs> just how powerful it is. Um, that is felt like within, in different areas of the body, you know, like the bass drops and you, you might get a... You know, your stomach drops or you get, a, you get a tingle all over or something. People are listening to music for some reason, Andy. I can't fathom what it is for the life of me. 
But presumably, <laughs> those are reactions you could stimulate electrically in people's bodies uh, with the new eye harness. Oh, okay. Right? Hook that um, up to your iPhone, and it will just, you know, like zap bits of you in tune to the beat. And Right, to kind of simulate the bass. Yeah, why not? I mean, that does kind of... That could work. I think it could. Yeah, because like, I remember going to a uh, concert in Bristol, um, which is like an open-air concert with Bonobo. Don't know if you heard of them. I'm not. But uh, it's quite bass-heavy music. and like So it's not just like, Bono playing an oboe? <laughs> it is not Bono playing an oboe. Okay. But, uh, no, I, I wouldn't pay to watch that, actually, <laughs> but that would be funny. Um, <laughs> I've got this great new money-making scheme. No, stop it, Bono. <laughs> Yeah, that's copyright infringement. Um, uh, yes, so uh, I went to the concert, and yeah, the bass was like it's so different to listening onto your on your phone or whatever. The bass you could feel like every single time it was like coming up through the floor, right? and you like your whole body was like vibrating, and it was awesome. Yeah. Um, if you could recreate that without like the deafening sound, yes. Um, that that would that would be a hit, I think. Exactly, yeah. Because our our puny little headphones plugged into our phones, or like playing something out loud on your phone. Why are you doing it on the bus? Stop it! We don't need to hear it, and the sound quality is terrible. Yeah, you're not getting that experience, which only very expensive giant speakers, which will mm. destroy your relationship with your neighbours, can possibly <laughs> give you that, and and possibly your house as well. The foundations might might fall. There's in. a ch- imagine like the <laughs> the day that they finally <laughs> find a way to like really intensely soundproof your house so that only you can hear the deafening concert going on and just like incidences of what is it called like subsidence oh subsidence yeah, yeah you just fall through <laughs> the whole house just falls Straight through to the basement flat because he was playing his speakers at the same time uh, super loud and they're like the resonant frequencies there was like constructive interference as a problem anyway so we so that we don't get to that stage more personal uh yeah like attached to your own body or you know swallowed and used within, perhaps. <laughs> this is always one step short of drugs, which was my other idea. And I'm kind of on the fence about it because I know that people already take drugs to go to cl- like clubs or raves or concerts or whatever to like experience the music in a different way. So it's not really anything new, but like maybe we could find specific drugs that maybe have fewer side effects um, just to stimulate synesthesia, say, you know, so that every concert becomes like Fantasia. You're just like watching your own... Like animated visualization of the notes. I mean, I'm less on board with that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think if we can avoid dragging people, that's a good thing. But I do like the eye harness because um, it ha- would have a genuine, uh, like, good effect in that it would um, give deaf people more exposure to music. Yes. Um, so, like, there are deaf musicians, um, some of whom were born deaf. And generally, that it's like, um, there's one famous woman, I can't remember her name, but she's a drummer. So she, like, she just feels the vibrations like through um, when she strikes the drum or when like up through the floor. That's so cool. And that's how she like tells, you know, how the music is going and like how she enjoys it. Yeah. So like if you can simulate that with this harness or like a device that you put on, um, then you can you can experience music through the vibration directly through you rather than actually listening to yeah. it. So obviously that'd be great for the deaf community. It'd be super cool. And it would preserve, uh, you know, because people... Every day, people blowing out their eardrums, listening to heavy metal or whatever genre it is that summons Satan. The kids, uh, (laughs) you know, it's too loud. Girl, I hate it. And this way, you can enjoy music safely with no audio whatsoever and just some some, some gentle electrolysis of your muscles and organs. 
I'm just thinking, right? So, you know when someone gets on, you know, on the bus and they're like blaring out music really loudly on their phone, and you're like, I hate you so oh, much. Oh, with a fiery passion. It, in this version, you get you see someone get on the bus. It's completely silent, but they are vibrating. Just, you're just like, is that like, their phone? Are... Why don't they answer it? But no, no, it's them. <laughs> it's their whole body, and they're like, they're visibly like, there's a shimmer around them, like <laughs> because they're vibrating so quickly, and they're like throbbing with the beat. It's like, what is happening to that person? <laughs> yeah, but you know, one day when it's just everyone on the bus or the tube or whatever, just just the normality. Like, you don't like it? Plug in your own eye harness, and you know, buzz to your own beat. <laughs> Or you could get like no- <laughs> noise cancelling harnesses where it like cancels out the other vibrations. It's just like a puffer jacket, I think. Just like a big thick <laughs> like item of clothing around you. Not good for warmer climates. But no. Yeah, they could figure something out. It could be a whole new thing, I'm sure. Okay, I'll take you one one further, right? We got the eye harness for experiencing just the vibrations, but then also what about, um, and I mean, that's without even, you know, like injecting adrenaline or opportune moments or whatever. I think we already covered this back when we were talking about how to revolutionize cinema, which is another thing that we fixed forever. Um, <laughs> but the experience of making music is itself enjoyable, right? Like we like singing more than like people who are bad at singing, like not great at singing. And I'm including myself in this number. Um, enjoy the act of singing probably more than they would enjoy listening to other people who aren't great at singing. Singing. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, the act of creation. It's like when you're making... An, most people discover this in childhood, I think, and then, like, it's part of the great social contract of adulthood that we don't all make annoying noises all the time. But you know <laughs> you know when kids haven't, like, clocked that yet and they're just kicking the thing on the train over and over or they're going bap, 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 or whatever... Because it's yeah. not annoying to you, the one making yeah. it. Anyway, all of this to say, making music is fun. Hence the popularity of Guitar Hero and so on. So what do we do? Uh, we could learn to make music, but at too much effort, what can we sell people as a quick fix? And the answer is a special exoskeleton that will carefully like arrange their... You know what I mean? You put your hands in these dexterous gloves and then yeah. you, you, make, you, you sit in front of the piano or you wouldn't even need the piano, really. But you just, you just, okay, for Elisa, you know, or like Symphony Number no. 5, let's go. And then the, their suit starts making the movements, like playing the piano, but you're inside it. You feel like you're doing it. Right, because like, yeah, there used to be these um, like automatons where they'd like, they would look like a person and then they'd like, look, it plays the piano. Ah. But in this version, the automaton is you. Yeah, you're, you're within the automaton. Where, yeah, where do you trapped end? forever, playing piano. Yeah. <laughs> in this shopping mall. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. I'd pay for like, you know the way you pay a couple of quid to sit in a massage chair in a shopping centre? Yeah. I'd pay a couple of, or like your kid, you'll pay for your kid to sit in one of those like chairs that go, uh, chair, like a, like a little toy car or whatever that goes up and down. Yeah, I'd I'd pay for a few minutes in the, in the music tron, like pl- pl- strumming a guitar. And there'd be people like the people who buy tapes to listen to while you go to sleep uh, in order to learn French or whatever. Mm-hmm. There'd be people who go... Well, if I just am in this thing constantly, I'll know how to play piano. Yeah. <laughs> while, while I sleep. So they just um, lie in bed in this suit and then it just starts like <laughs> strumming and fingering and they just need to nod off like as best yeah. they can. Maybe pop a sleeping pill. It all comes back to pills, sadly. <laughs> yeah, just like, oh, time for a nap. You sit down at your piano. 
like, here we go. Lo- like, that you play a little lullaby and you fall asleep yeah. as, as it's playing to yourself. And it, it doesn't need to have, like, unless you you want it to teach you to sing as well, but that's a lot more complicated, I think. So your head would be, it would, like, stop at the shoulders. Your head would be popping yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's a harmonica or something. Yeah, let's forget about woodwind. <laughs> this is stuff you play with your hands. I, I haven't envisioned the next generation yet. So your head is popping out of the suit, and then the rest of you is just encased in this, like, uh, like space marine armor that is busy playing the banjo <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. But your head is just, like, lolling to one side, like you're drooling slightly, just like... <sighs> Uh, but then the suit is strumming away. It'd be so it's intimidating. Like the wrong trousers in Wallace and Gromit, exactly. where he's just asleep. Yeah, yeah, but he's like climbing the walls and like performing a diamond heist. But he's asleep the whole time. Spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Wallace and Gromit: The Wrong Trousers. <laughs> do recommend the thing from like 20, 25 years ago. Yeah, easily. Yeah, it's because it's actually quite a bit older. I think I don't know. Is it nine? Early nineties? I don't know. Who cares? We're talking about music. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's that's my ultimate solution. Suits. Uh, that play you. Well, we've done it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, right, so yeah, all of that, copyright, trademark, uh, us. Uh, all rights reserved, yep. uh, me, me, us. OC, us, do yes. not steal. <laughs> yep. We'll know. Right. Now that, you've, now that we've said that, we're covered, so whew. Ah, excellent. <laughs> That was the Hypotheticals podcast. Adriano, where can people find us online? We're all over the place, Andy. Oh, we're everywhere. Everywhere. That's right. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Just search for Hypotheticals. That is Hypotheticals, the weird way we spell it, but without the R. Yes. And uh, if you would like to leave us a rating on a podcast app of your choice, be that Acast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, whatever they may be, may take some digging, but if you could leave us a five-star rating... Uh, it would mean that we would get more than at least five listeners. We would love you so, so much. And please, why not tell a friend who might enjoy listening to our dulcet tones. And we will see you next time. Bye! Old school, yeah, jazz age stuff. So, like, uh, your basically your character's um, skills are determined by their profession as opposed to their class. So mm-hmm. you can be like a flapper, or like a socialite, or like a private investigator, or whatever. Yeah, the person who puts the flaps on is that. Is that that's what the flapper is. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> any kind of flap needs like your cat flap, your like yep. uh, airplane. A flaps. letterbox counts as a flap technically. So yeah. it's like yeah. Yeah, they mostly do cat flaps in aeroplanes. That's that's their jam. Mostly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the bread and butter. <laughs>